Welcome to Money Matters TV. My name is James Chan with Asia Marketing and Management. I set up my business some 40 years ago, helping companies do business in China. We have a great show today. We have two topics which will be very interesting to viewers uh, in general. Uh, they will be about mortgage and they also will be about entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial financing. Before I go on, I should introduce my co-host, Ken Jordan. Ken Jordan of Freedom Mortgage Corporation. Hi, Ken. Hi, James. Thank you very much. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. You, you are a veteran of this show. Actually, you, you, you were here 10 years ago, long before I showed up. <laughs> I didn't have as much gray hair then, James, yeah. but yes, I was, I was on yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, it's it's as I said, uh, you know, the uh, in in these pandemic times, so many businesses and, and individuals have been negatively impacted. Uh, I, I I really I I I often I often feel what I would be like if I were thirty four years old or forty years old. And uh, but however, despite the fact that many businesses are not doing well in unemployment are still high, about 8%. Some businesses seem to thrive. They seem to prosper. And it seems to me that mortgage is one of them. Am I correct? Can you just say something about why, if, if in case I happen to be right? You're absolutely right, James. And this, this industry has really um, seen an influx of, of buyers and borrowers as a result of lower interest rates uh, that are available right now. And you know, um, there, there's just about um, there, there's not many folks out there that 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 have interest rates, you know, low enough that they can't take advantage of of whether it be a refinance or or if they're thinking about purchasing, um, you know, the, the the opportunity to purchase and get a low interest rate is 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 here now. So so there's been no doubt our volume has been unprecedented uh, over the last probably nine, nine months, you know, through through the pandemic. Uh you know, there have been some folks who haven't lost their home, their their job, or able to work from home, um, and and really, it's just been it, it it's just been unprecedented. Did you expect it? Did you really your, your you and your colleagues, your company? Did you expect this to happen? No, definitely not. I mean, as we put together our projections for 2020, as in the first quarter, they were nowhere near where we where we ended up. Um, obviously. Projecting a pandemic would be tough to do, uh, but even as we got into the pandemic, uh, you know, and rates started to come down, um, you know, we really did not, uh, we didn't see it coming, and 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 it, it it that's the way things happen sometimes. So what you're seeing is not only in a, a, you know very high volume, you're also seeing capacity issues with a lot of mortgage companies where, you know, oh. they they didn't see it coming, so therefore there was no way to ramp up the. Um, you know that the human resources necessary to fulfill all of these orders. So you're seeing refinances and purchases. Well, primarily refinances taking longer than normal as a result of just having uh, you know that level of volume with the same same headcount trying to fulfill it. Oh, I get it because the same experience happens to me in the area of construction. When I say construction, I mean just fixing a house, either the interior or the exterior of a house. I have noticed that it's very, very difficult nowadays to find contractors uh, who would even answer your telephone call because they are so busy. Am I also right on that too? 
Ken? Well, absolutely. If you think about the, you know, the the time where we were in quarantine, I mean, you know, you're looking at your house and you're spending more time in your house and you come to one of two conclusions, either A, if I'm able to, I'd like to fix it up. Uh, or B, uh, maybe I'd like to to sell it, and which in a lot of cases requires the the, the help of contractors. So, um, so I think that that's pandemic driven as well. I think that you're you're seeing a a shortage of uh, you know availability in the contracting world as a result of that. Um, there, there's no doubt, and and building supplies. I mean, um, you know, building supplies are are, are also uh, an, an issue. You know, whether it be lumber or, or stone, uh, you're you're just seeing an increasing demand for those products. Yes, I've been waiting for months uh, to for a contractor who can come to our house and, and fix things. Uh, but but let me let me get back to your business. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that it's very good to to be uh, pleasantly surprised. You have more business can you get than you can deal with. But don't you think in a way uh, this whole situation benefits mostly people who have access to capital or who are are gainfully employed uh, despite the pandemic, and also people who have savings, who have you know some money stashed aside, so they can now buy, they can buy houses. Is it true? In other words, it's 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 kind of in a way expanding the inequality that that we are seeing. Well, there's there's no doubt that there are certain requirements to buying a home and and one of the most important is employment so so those who are not employed as a result of the pandemic they are in a position where not only are they going to have a difficult uh time uh purchasing a home if that's what they wanted to do but there's also going to have there's also going to be difficulty in refinancing their home um the cares act which was passed uh, earlier this year was designed to uh, kind of help folks with their mortgage payments. And we're, we're seeing some unintended consequences there as well, where folks who took advantage of the CARES Act and maybe deferred their payments for a couple of months, um, you know, they're having a difficult time re-entering the borrowing space because, you know, they have to now uh, make three monthly payments on time, uh, which which could could impact your ability to buy and, and borrow, uh, whether it be a refinance. Um, but but at the end of the day, if, if the, the three areas of risk that we that we look at, credit, being one, uh, income and qualifying income from from employment being another, um, or other areas of qualifying income, and of course assets. Um, you know those products are all the same they're, 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 as they were pre-pandemic. There are absolutely first-time buyer products out there for folks who want to get into a house with very little money down. That product exists, um, but what what's different today than maybe ten years ago is that homes now have equity. Um, that for the first time in a long time. And that is opening up more opportunity for people who have been in their home for the last 10 years, who bought in and around the last meltdown. They now have equity where they can tap into it and fix up their home or sell it and have a sizable down payment for the next house, as opposed to pure savings, which would you know just be their cash savings in their, in their checking and savings accounts. And I think that that's a, an opportunity for, for people who have been uh, you know, in their home for, for, for 10 years or so. What what would happen to people who are first time buyers of houses, and it also so happens that they have just been laid off, and even if they can borrow money from their parents or find some way to get a chunk of money, do they run into problems getting a mortgage, getting a bank to support them? Yes, or no? without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. I think that. What, what we're seeing for those who were laid off, and keep in mind, it's not 
people who are just laid off. There are many small business owners whose businesses were impacted by the pandemic as well and their ability to run their business. So what we're seeing is an abundance of, of caution from the lending side where they want to make sure that the self-employed borrowers um, can show with year-to-date profit and loss statements uh, and, and tax returns that the impact in, on the pandemic is not going to affect their ability to repay the loan. Uh, for W-2 borrowers, you know, it really depends on the type of business or the type of job that they had pre-pandemic. If they were salaried employees and they were furloughed and they're back to their job and it's a salary, then they're going to have an easier time than folks who were hourly employees or variable employees or employees that maybe worked for tips uh, and commissions. These folks are going to have the hardest time re-entering the borrowing world uh, post-pandemic as a result of uh, not being able to show what the true impact of the pandemic, you know, what the true impact the pandemic had on their uh, on their income. Right. You happen to be the best person to answer this question uh, from someone in Philadelphia by the name of Richard Gallo. The question is, uh, do you have any tips on saving money on a home mortgage? Well, that's a that's a great question, and it can be answered one of two ways. Uh, when if you already own your home, refinancing into a lower interest rate can do one of two things. It can either save you money monthly, or if you can refinance into a lower interest rate and a shorter term, your monthly payment may not go down, and in some cases, your monthly payment may actually go up slightly. But the term, if you can shorten that term, you could save yourself tens of thousands of dollars in interest over the life of the loan by going from, you know, maybe a, a 25 years left on your loan and refinancing into a 15 year, which I have a, a lot of clients that are taking advantage of that. And then the, the, the second way you can save money on a home mortgage in, in the purchase side is preparation. That's the best answer I can give. You know, your credit score is going to have a huge impact on the type of products that are available and how much it's going to cost you to borrow. So so by getting early, getting uh, into a conversation with a mortgage professional, mortgage professional as early as possible is a great way to 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 save money because you can you can kind of look around corners and spot areas where maybe you could improve your credit which then in turns opens up new opportunities from the you know from products uh, availability and possibly lower interest rates so you know you don't want to wait until you walk through the house you love to to get pre-approved for a mortgage. You want to get pre-approved as early on as possible uh, because it's going to help you prepare for the transaction and, and and ultimately it will save you money. Very good. Thank you very much, Ken. I think this is the time to tell people, here's how you send in your questions to Money Matters TV. Welcome to Money Matters TV. My name is James Chan. I am very glad to introduce a delightful guest of ours. His name is Bruce Blackman. He is CEO of his company, Entrepreneur Capital Corporation. Bruce? Hi, James. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you. How, uh, how have you been? But before you answer, how have you been? I think it's very important for you to tell people uh, uh, what, what is uh, Entrepreneur Capital Corporation I know that you're one. You're one. You probably are one of the best or most famous people in your field. So, so tell people what do you do and why do you do what you have been doing. 
Well, um, we're a national consulting firm and uh, our specialty is finance. We started 31 years ago and um, it's kind of interesting how we got started with all this advice and counsel. I was vice president of a major funder of SBA loans. And after a couple months on the job, I realized, oh my goodness, it's a cookie cutter. They either uh, will qualify or they won't. And uh, I got interested in everybody I turned down, um, much more interested in the guys I funded. So I called these people after four months and said, do you ever get your money? And 40% said, yes. I said, tell me how they did it. And I started writing things down, writing things down. And pretty soon I had all these ideas and I was giving lectures and I decided to write a book. And this was my first book called The Secret to Getting Money in Northern California, which is where uh, we were living. And um, I had to figure out um, how to raise money for the book. So I sold advertising in my book. And it's, it's kind of funny. The first time I sold advertising, um, I, I walked into one of my clients and said, I'm going to sell advertising. A full page is uh, $6,000. I made that up while I was talking to him. And he was in the book. I showed him about it. I did the book on my Apple too. That shows how old I am. But um, he said, I said, look, I'll give you, his name was Charlie. I'll give you a, a full page. He turned to his secretary and said, get me uh, graphics. And let, the next thing I know, um, I, I figured, well, I can go to the next guy in charge. He was a top guy in receivable financing. And I said, look, we were selling advertising in the book. Charlie here, um, he's, he's already got a, a full page. And this guy took a half a page. So that was the beginning of guerrilla financing, which is a way to finance things uh, with very little money or using your expertise. Um, eventually, I came out with a second book with Jay Levinson called Guerrilla Financing, hit the bestseller list. And I was all over the country talking. Um, and I got on uh, uh, Entrepreneur Magazine, said, write a column, how to finance a book. So I did that for three years, millions mm -hmm. of people. It was a lot of fun. I got letters from all over the country. The funny ones, I get letters from guys in prison say, Bruce, I got this great idea. How do I fund it? I always got a kick out of that. And I actually had my own radio show, Business Radio Network, which doesn't exist anymore. It's a shame people would call in and say, how do you, how do you raise capital? But my passion is anything new, how to raise capital. And of course, with the Great Recession, we've come up with all kinds of fintech, exciting ways to to help young companies get get the access to capital they really need. Very good. And you have any question for Bruce? Yeah. So, so Bruce, you know, um, what are some of the major changes that have uh, that you've seen in entrepreneurial financing over the last couple of years? Well, it's a good question. Um, in the Great Recession around two thousand and eight, um, there's a it was a huge change because banks were shut down. So. A, uh, something called a shadow bank, which is a non-bank, came into being. Now, what is that? That is a bank that gets its money from investors, whereas a normal bank will get its money from depositors. Now, that bank doesn't pay for that depositor. They do a little advertising to get, but that's basically free money to them. So their interest can be very competitive. A non-bank has to go to investors, a little bit more expensive, but they can do things that a, that a bank can't. Banks are highly regulated. Non-banks so far are hardly regulated. So for terms of length of, of a loan and all kinds of ways to pay them back, 
they could be creative. So that industry has blossomed. Just to give you an idea of a loan that we really like to offer our clients, unsecured financing. Now, there was no such thing as unsecured financing years ago. You had to have security, especially a business, to borrow money. But unsecured financing came out with all kinds of things. No collateral, and that's really what it means. We can, we can offer loans with no interest for up to 20 months. That was unheard of. And these loans are quick. You can get them in, in um, three weeks. You could be a pre-revenue company and walk out in three weeks with hundreds of thousands of dollars and uh, get a unsecured loan. So that is creativity. All came out of fintech. Uh, very, very exciting for entrepreneurs Bruce, across the country. Bruce, I have to interrupt you because it, it sounds too good to be true because I'm thinking about you, your company. I mean, if you, you, you make a loan and it's not secure, uh, what gives you the confidence uh, and the ability to sleep at night that your money is good? Well, um, you know, we deal with major institutions. We bring our clients to all kinds of different ways. And these are very strong companies that have figured out a way to help the entrepreneur. Um, and the only thing is that the entrepreneur is a specialist in his industry, but he knows very little about corporate finance. Even if he hired a CFO, you know, um, and, it could, and it could spend over a hundred grand to get a, a good CFO, that CFO has some interest and knowledge of financing companies and but that's his personal knowledge a company like ours a consulting firm who deals with hundreds of companies um every year and thousands over the last 30 years many many thousand last time i counted over ten thousand. um we're in the we're in the trenches we know who's doing what who's got the money who doesn't have the money during the covid crisis what to do how do you prepare yourself so our type of company is what uh, and other companies in our our competitors provide this type of expertise. It's hard to find, but um, entrepreneurs need that expertise. They they need to know about finance, cash flow, and that aspect of the business. Bruce, uh, how how has so so you just mentioned you know with the COVID and 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 whatnot, and obviously as I mentioned a few minutes ago, the small business owners that were impacted. How has that? affected entrepreneurial financing? How has the, 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 the pandemic affected and what are some of the things that small businesses can do to prepare for financing as that, as that starts to, to loosen up? Well, uh, it's hurt. It's hurt. You know, we're, we're, the government's giving all this money. The Fed says, I'm giving all kinds of money into these banks. Well, what's happening? The banks are getting tighter and tighter, just the opposite of what they should be doing. So what does the entrepreneur, the entrepreneur has got to be very bold. He's got to be very creative. He has to look at different ways to raise capital. He's got to use what I created called guerrilla financing. He's got to think on his feet. And, um, and just for example, uh, you want to start a business and um, you're importing from your importer. Okay, go to your importer and say, look, I want you to go into business with me. I'm going to make a lot of money for you. You got to give me certain terms so I can sell this and give you time to pay. So, you know, in, in my book, I had 101 ways to do things without money and create money. Um, I had a publisher, and this is what you should think of. I'm just giving you these ideas. I had a publisher came to me and she said, 
oh, Bruce, you know, I get calls all the day. People publish my book and it's a hassle. And I publish many books. I said, your business is all these people calling you. Publish everybody who wants to be published. She charged five grand at that time and, 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 and produced like, uh, I don't know, maybe a hundred or thousand books. Every author was happy. That was her real business. All the people wanted to be published. So you have to think out of the box and you have to think in a different way. Um, I had a, a woman come to me. She wants to open a travel agency. Well, <clears throat> she didn't have any money, but she was very experienced. Now, this is an old deal. This is when travel agents were, this was years ago, but they were, it's a great story. Travel agents, there was a big demand for them and that industry is gone now. But <clears throat> so I said, look, let's figure out how to do it without any monies. We went to all these government agencies looking for places to place all their people. And we said to them, look, we have a, a travel agency school and we can pretty well guarantee that we're going to get them jobs. We want you to guarantee a loan and we'll get the financing, but will you guarantee the loan? They thought it was a good idea and said, we'll guarantee it, but you, we can't give you the money, but we'll, we'll put in a guarantee. And so we went to a major bank and said, look, we've got a guarantee from this, this uh, agency. We're all set up to train travel agents. Will you give us a loan? They said, well, and I said, look, Here's what we're going to do. We're charging $10,000 for a, a three-month um, course in how to be a travel agent. We're going to give you back $2,000 of the $10,000 that you gave my client, and that's going to sit in your bank for three months. Is that a good enough incentive as a reserve? And they said, yes. Next thing you know, we finance our customers. Our customers finance the business. So that's how to be creative. I mean, there's a lot of ways to do that. And um, you just got to be creative. What's your, what, is, what is your craziest client example? Uh, well, one of the, I think the, the craziest uh, example of, I, I think the travel agency was one, but I'll never forget the guy who came to me. He said, I just moved into the Bay Area because I was in San Francisco Bay Area and I repair air condition. And um, I just don't, I don't, I don't know. How do I get some money? I said, look, air conditioning, every business needs someone to repair the air conditioning. When that happens, that's an emergency. I want you to create an agreement that says you call me 24 seven and I guarantee I will be there within a half an hour. And he created, we created this contract and we basically pre-sold that contract. He had enough money to start his business. So it's just creativity, guys. It's just thinking out of the box and you can always do it. Just think about different ways to do that. What's, what's Ken? I'm going to have, ask him one question and then I hope you have another because I think that you know we may not have a, a long uh, time left. But uh, Bruce, I just want to know what are the what's the what, what's the size of a loan that is kind of on the small side not on the big side i'm sure that you must have done very big loans but but just just give a number well um, uh, a minimum loan for our firm is twenty five thousand. now okay. people will come to me and say bruce all i need is five all i need is is ten thousand i'll say look yeah. you're going to okay. need more money if i can get you 25 and a lot of these loans are revolving lines so they don't pay interest until they use it. Yeah. Take as much as you can. 
I, I always can't believe people say, in fact, I will get a loan commitment for companies and they'll take half of it. And so once they only take that, that's it. You know, and, and because, oh, you know, it'll cost me more money. You need money. Take as much as you can get, put it in reserve, put it in a savings account. I don't care. Take as much as you can. And of course, our largest thing, we're working on hundreds of thousands, hundreds of millions of dollars on a big project. That's something else. But yeah. entrepreneurs always take what you're offered. And uh, 25, even if you're looking for five, we get you 25. Take it. Can't What's the largest financing that you've right, uh, yeah. secured? Yeah, well, uh, right now we're working on a $700 million deal, big real estate project in mm -hmm. Vegas. Um, very close to closing. But the uh, the resurgence of COVID has had some big funds like that say, well, I don't know, but um, I think it'll all work out in the end. It's pretty exciting. That would be our biggest, biggest deal. But I, I got to tell you one story that's happened right at the beginning of the Great Recession. We arranged a $75 million loan to a public company and um, everything was committed. And the president knew, well, this is an equity line, by the way. So they were putting people on the board. The president was a little afraid of people on the board. He said no. His CFO left immediately, like, I'm not going to work for this guy. And in six months later, they fired the guy. And it turned out that he wasn't really running the company the way he should. And it, those uh, 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 bankers who would be on the board would eventually find out but they just a kind of a weird situation. And it was right at the beginning. That company could have used that money, solved the problem. That was like the worst mistake I've ever seen in, in not accepting capital. Yeah. Well, Bruce, we have about three minutes left and I need to talk about our, you know, coming uh, guests. So, so if you want, if there is one thing you want to talk about, let's say in a minute and a half, what would you like to tell the viewers about you and what you can do for them? Well, uh, it, uh, I say, first of all, be bold. Try different things. Try things you've never tried before. Our ears are always out for the latest technology. And our company, Entrepreneur Capital Corporation, Entrepreneur Capital Corp is our website. But we'll come up with some ideas. Um, I had a call yesterday. And they said, Bruce, we've got a, we got a, and I'm in California, my office in San Diego. And they said, we have a, 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 a solution to the fires and these homes. I can't tell you the solution. I said, you know, that is a great idea. <clears throat> so something like that, you know, you find out what's really going on. They have a great solution for people whose homes are destroyed. And um, I think that's going to be a great business. So be bold. Take advantage of what's going on right at this minute. Now, everybody can't sell a mask. They tried to, uh, in fact, someone developed a special mask. I thought it was great, but there's everybody's doing it. But just try something different. And uh, even if your business is shut down, by the way, we can still loan you money. So um, we, we can be very creative. How's that? That's good to know. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Ken, you have one question for Bruce or before I introduce the next uh, guest? Uh, yeah, so, guest. so you, you, Bruce, you, you have two books? Yeah, but uh, Guerrilla Financing was the one that was published in a couple languages and taught in schools. 
um, and hit the bestseller list. The first one, Secret of Getting Money, was just to get me started. Uh, I like to write, you know, I, I write a blog for the Wharton Magazine or my alma mater and things like that. Um, but um, it's out of print. That's the problem, guys. It's out of print. Uh, you can maybe get some old copies on uh, Amazon, but um, uh, today it would be out of date. It would be out of date. You've got to be up to date on what's going on in the trenches. So yeah, appreciate that. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. And thank you, Bruce. Uh, our next guest uh, will be Desiree Cocroft of Destination Life. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Thank you for viewing Money Matters TV.